0: Welcome to Cooperville, the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Subscribe, get updates, feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Check, 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 one, check, check. Welcome to Cooperville. Make sure you use a coaster. It's episode number sixty-seven of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. I'm Cooper, and my buddy Dan Beck is going to be back on the show here in just a bit. I'm really excited to uh, to chat with him, and I'll bring this up over the course of the uh, of the podcast. But this will be our third one that we've done together. Our first live stream, uh, which is going to be awesome, but it's it'll be interesting to see from the first time we had our first conversation uh, back in August of 2019. Our last one was in February, which 2020 seemed to be okay at that point in the world. And then March happened. So a lot of good things to talk about. We'll get to all that. Uh, full disclosure, Dan Beck is a man from Midwest Meals and MidwestMeals.com. Proud sponsors of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast, rotating meals, your macros, everything that you need. It really is uh, single dad, uh, several jobs, entrepreneur, uh, podcast host, uh, all the things that I do. Um, the one thing that I hate doing uh, is dishes and having to worry about uh, calorie counts and when I know what's going into my body, I feel better about uh, about what I can uh, exude, and that's the great thing about Midwest Meals. And, of course, you get your order in by Friday at 5 p.m. or by midnight, and then they ship nationwide uh, on Monday, so uh, Dan never stops working. Dude's on in there on Saturday whipping stuff up. He's, he's a beast. Uh, promo code is COOPER at checkout at MidwestMeals.com, that website right there, and uh, you get 10% off your first order at Midwest Meals. Violent Gentleman Hockey Club, also parts proud sponsors of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. I'm rocking my uh, Nobody Likes Us, We Don't Care cap today. It's my fave. I have it on my Jeep. I have a banner uh, that hangs in the studio here. It's it's a life motto. Uh, check out their stuff they just added a whole new uh, awesome line of uh, women's gear I just saw uh, I mean I may just buy some just to see how it, how it fits over the shoulders even though I'm working on them I'm trying to get the you know the shoulder caps to pop a little bit uh, but uh, ladies they have cool stuff for you. you got that hockey attitude and I'm glad they got a hockey season in so you can kind of carry it through. Uh, the off-season here and hopefully get back to a, a full dose of hockey in 2021. Uh, ViolentGentleman.com, again, the website and hashtag or the uh, the promo code is Cooperville15 for 15% off your order at ViolentGentleman.com. And we don't get through the day without Monster Energy, the Monster Podcast hashtag. Make sure you're spreading that if you are commenting uh, anything tonight, which, by the way, you can comment and we'll get to a little bit more of that and how it uh, includes itself into the show. But uh, the new rain body fuels and the um, the thermogenics, Whew. I mean, it's it's basically replaced my coffee in the morning. I still make a cup of coffee. It's really kind of strange. I'll make a cup of coffee. I'll have a sip just to kind of clear the, clear the mouth, clear the palate, and then it's, it's really straight to uh, that new rain, the thermogenics. Uh, the red is fantastic. The uh, ice blue, uh, the uh, jalapeno strawberry. It's a weird combination, but it's fantastic. Uh, hashtag Monster podcast, Monster Energy, proud sponsors of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Without further ado, bringing in the man, the myth, the legend, three time podcast guest Dan Beck, my friend. How are you, sir? It's been a minute.
1: It's been more than a minute. It's been what seems to be an eternity since right. everything that's going on, but everything's been fantastic. How's everything been with you?
0: You know, uh, we'll get into a lot of it. Uh, things, you know, 2020 has definitely been a year of uh, of pivoting and I think you have a lot of uh, great examples about kind of succeeding through uh 2020 and, and and I probably have some of of a, a different a different way of, of getting through without having to completely close your business down and it's kind of the um, be in defense mode uh you know yeah. and be prepared for for what happens next but but no we've had um we've had a lot of great conversations not just on this podcast we've done some uh, instagram live stuff uh, especially early on in covid and then I know you got super busy with stuff I got super busy with more personal life stuff, but um, it's definitely been a year to remember.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually trying to think back because, I mean, it kind of meshes together from doing the lives to the last mm-hmm. podcast, uh, kind of where I was at in February and what's changed since then. Because like you mentioned in, in the intro, it, in February, everything still seemed cool. It right. was just, you know, something on the horizon, not a big deal. Didn't really think two things of it. And obviously, the year kind of took a, a different turn. Mm. Um, so, just trying to think back, kind of where my mindset was in February, to where it is today, and everything that's obviously changed with it.
0: Yeah, because as a as a young entrepreneur, a guy who's had uh, you know has had a lot of success, and uh, and has been building on that success. I mean, you obviously there is there's there's an amount of planning that goes into. Here's what here's where we want to be at this point. If you're working on uh, something new, a new product, or a new way of distribution, or there's always like, um, well, in in a month, in six months, in a year, now you can't you kind of outline how the, the the future is going to go. And again, a lot of times when you're doing that, actually, every time you're doing that, you're pretty sure that it's there's going to be strange things that happen throughout the course of a year. But nothing, I think, prepared anybody in, in any sort of business, any life, in any. Parenthood, relationship, uh, human being, uh, mammal, uh, even the aliens are like, hey, you know, we, we dropped the news that we're real and nobody cared. So 2020 really was the biggest wrench uh, that I think, uh, at least in, in the generations that are existing today, have ever had to experience. So the, the mindset has to be kind of reactionary almost.
1: Yeah, and, and really to a sense, too, it, it, at least in the beginning, you know— In in the way that everything unfolded, with how the economy responded to it, it, you had to go into that state. Mm -hmm. But at some point, too, in any, you know, this is coming from someone who's not experienced terrible downturns. You know, I was alive in two thousand one. I was alive in the oh seven oh eight market crash, but never really had skin in the game. Right. And at some point. You know, during this, thinking back through um, books that I've read, podcasts that I've listened to of old people who have been through five, six, seven of these, mm-hmm. a lot of times the advice is always the same is never waste a good disaster because mm-hmm. there is nothing but opportunity that comes out of this if you're willing to, one, take the, the, the initiative to go do it, Mm -hmm. but also you, you have to overcome the, the fear that this is never going to end because Mm -hmm. at some point it will. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just had this conversation yesterday, uh, with a local gym owner. Um, it's, it's the same thing. There's so much opportunity because so many people did the exact opposite, you know, ran with their tail between their legs, going the opposite direction. I mean even, even real estate, for instance, commercial real estate, there's so much open space now and that's a silver lining of all this because I mean, the, the sad reality of this is there's a lot of businesses that will never reopen, but from the, the alternative is if you can weather through it, all of a sudden your options become a lot greater.
0: Yeah. I was reading a book, uh, uh recently, well, in the last six months, um, the obstacle is the way, uh, Ryan holiday, uh, great book, uh, you know, I put it probably in the top five of, of those I've either read or, or, you know, listened to. And he talks about some of those very things. I mean, and this book was obviously written before uh, before COVID in 2020, but just a plethora of examples of of those who have succeeded during the Great Depression, you know, and, and, and really tough times economically where, uh, and, and you're talking about guys like, you know, the Standard Oil Company. You know, the major, you know, brands that continue to this day, whether in the same, under the same name or under the same guys, but you know these uh, these guys who took and gals, there were there was female uh, examples as well, but that they, they took these these tough times when everybody else was doing exactly what you're saying, and they were kind of uh, either playing it super safe, um, which which sometimes isn't necessarily a bad decision, but if you are looking okay. to maybe grow from. Um, a brand or a business that is uh, is at a certain level, and you're trying to up your game or go next level or explode, it takes a certain mindset to to not succumb to the fears and to the uh, um, really the vibe in the room, especially when the room is global, um, and being able to tune out the. The narrative, whichever narrative you happen to be uh, 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 being fed the most, and uh, and kind of push through. But there's a lot of examples in uh, throughout history of of things like this on a global scale that that people have really succeeded in business in. And that book is a is a great one. Uh, Ryan Holiday, Obstacle Is Away. I'll send it.
1: Yeah, to he you. also wrote Daily Stoic, which yes. is I, I just looked it up. Um, I knew that I recognized the name, mm-hmm. but that's that's one I'll add to my list.
0: Yeah, he's. I mean, if you're a uh, that's one of the things that I wanted to start actually getting into reading more of and studying more of is that that you know that Stoic. Uh, he has a great Instagram that he runs, uh, the Daily Stoic. Um, every day they put up a new quote, whether it's from you know Marcus Aurelius or Seneca or you know some of these great names throughout history, um, and and just to to read them in context in 2020, knowing how long ago they were written, and go, oh. Like yeah, I I guess like the basics are are they transcend space and time,
1: and it's bizarre, really, too. Because as as someone who you know going through college, and, and I think we've talked about this before too. Me being a nerd, at it, some degree, I I took the philosophy classes. Like that was some of my favorite stuff that I actually learned, mm. and it continued beyond then. Um, same thing for me, one of my favorite philosophers is Albert Camus, a uh, French philosopher, and a lot of his things are really relevant now too because he wrote a lot of stuff about plague mm. and, and how it was dealt with and what that meant, and And obviously we've moved past the plague. There's a lot that can be drawn from that insight that we can take and actually apply you know, in a really strategic way today.
0: Yeah, and I... When you when you are able to do that, when you're able to decipher words that were written, obviously there's going to be some you know some translation stuff. You know the these thys and thous, uh, which I still like to throw in every once in a while, like how art thou, thou as well, uh, thou as well. Th- thou well. Uh, but I think when you when you read them and you put them into, you know, the life that we are in in 2020, or even decades before. You can really start to develop a set of characteristics that if you if you hone in on them and you stick to them, they just become part of the fabric of, of who you are as a human, and whether that's in business or whether that's just as an individual who wakes up every day and, and is thankful for the blessings that they do have and not coveting the things that they don't. Um, you know, and some people find that in religion, but I think if you, if you, again, religious quotes, sometimes if you put them into a context where it is just the words— Mm-hmm. you're like oh yeah I get you know that makes sense I should be a better person and not an asshole you know it simplify it a little bit but there's a bunch of great uh, uh things out there from from the Daily Stoic and uh that that I've really started to follow and share with a lot of the Welcome to Cooperville uh followers because they've kind of gotten a a vibe for where this podcast tends to lean a little bit try to be a little inspirational a little motivational every once in a while
1: Hell yeah. It fits right up your alley, though, too, being being a historical meditator and, mm-hmm. you know, the things that typically align with that. So it's cool to see that as a natural extension.
0: Now, as you've gone through, and again, in February, we were talking, and at, I'm not even sure we were talking about NutriPrep just yet. I mean, it was kind of one of those things that was bubbling under, uh, maybe we talked about it off, uh, off mm-hmm. the mics a little bit, but um, to have You know, this big undertaking, which, you know, we'll get to, uh, you know, some more of the finite details of um, about that expansion during a time like this. Um, But for you, uh, sand business owner, take that out of it. um, How has 2020 affected you like in your I mean, I know the car washes are still open. You can social distance inside a car wash for those who don't know or just joining the stream. Dan washes his car every day. Every day, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, unless there's, unless it's out of order, and, and I'm not, I'm not sure what criteria fit into. Uh, didn't get it washed today, but probably washes it twice the next day. But avid, <laughs> avid car uh, wash uh, connoisseur. You know, so things like that. Yes, you can still do. But as far as like any other, what what things have you had to adjust in your personal life <laughs> in, in your day to day because of COVID?
1: Yeah. Well, it's been really kind of an interesting culmination of not only covid but a shift in workflow Mm. because like you mentioned you know late last year um i reached out to a guy locally who brought a franchise company called herbert's and gerberts Mm. from about 20 locations to north of 100 locations and reached out to him because ultimately that was the vision for midwest meals Mm. was to build a physical kitchen a physical storefront as a franchise model in, you know, most major cities, that was the goal. That's why I reached out to him. And interestingly enough, um, his name is Eric. He had a lot of interest in potentially doing something with me, Mm -hmm. come to find out his wife had been purchasing meals for, for the past (laughs) six months and and picking them up. Um, so that helped. Um, but, but we, we essentially created a sister company called NutriPrep, with the focus on initially that franchise side. But since then, it's really pivoted um, in in the meantime, just based on the franchise model and how we're able to best reach people. But as that has unfolded from late last year into February and beyond, all of a sudden my workflow went from just Midwest Meals Mm. and having my office in the same building to moving my office in my in my residence now and having it here, working obviously a lot more virtual than in person, right? And managing that, and then also you know things like I'm I love working out, mm-hmm. and I, I I have that history of that. This has not necessarily been the best period for anyone for for exercise who's a gym goer per se. I was gonna say, that, you know, yeah that that kills that routine really quickly. If you were reliant on going to the gym for that exercise, obviously if you were biking outside, COVID ain't stopping anyone. Exactly. Beast Um, mode. I, I I did not get on my bike as much this summer Mm -hmm. as I would have liked to, because the dog (laughs) has to go with outside and he will not, uh, operate with the bike going.
0: No, not, not a fan. Yeah.
1: Not, not a fan at all. See, these are um, the
0: real life challenges, man. You know?
1: Yes. It's, it's, it's been very interesting, but it's been a culmination of a lot of that stuff, but on top of adding it into COVID and how to kind of navigate those waters. Um, so, I mean, a real concrete example. So NutriPrep, we've, we have the franchise model mm-hmm. and we have a, our first franchisee in Wilmer, Minnesota, but we're also using a USDA kitchen in Minneapolis to prepare stuff for a grocery store chain, mm-hmm. uh, we've done some stuff for uh, a couple of university systems and plan to continue that as well. But with COVID, I can't physically be there to supervise do quality assurance because it's company policy that I cannot be on premise because I'm not essential staff. Right. That's something that's very different for me to adjust to and be able to, you know, kind of hone that in. Um, and that's obviously. A, a very specific example of how there's the little ripple effects that will continue you know with covid regulations moving forward
0: yeah i mean there's you know for for each i think entrepreneur uh small business owner any in in, in your case you know somebody who who has a as a bigger plan and has been able to you know circumvent and navigate through the challenges of covid, um, everybody's going to have to go through something um, throughout this. Uh, you know, for me, we are we when we launched Captain Coop's Beard Company, the 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 real idea was to be kind of a, a a for the individual product. You know, you which I see you you got you got some you got some love going Little on there. Little bit, you know. I know a guy. I'll hook you up. <laughs> we'll get that thing looking fabulous. Uh, but you know, that was the that was the original. Uh, you know, the plan that we had was to be this brand that is um, really kind of lives and breathes online. Um, and then we kind of said, well, what if we had our own brick and mortar? Um, and, and hindsight 2020, thankfully that, that plan, cause we were, it was close. Um, it, we would have been in a building that's way, was way too big for the space we needed. And in about three weeks, it would have been closed down. So hindsight 2020, 2020. Uh, but you know, when, when, when we started to kind of, you know, progress forward with uh, with the product line, we realized that really where we need to be is still have that element of availability to somebody to order online and, <clears throat> excuse me, to be able to, uh, to reach, I you know, the nation, you know, nationwide product line. But what we really started to figure out is that when we started to talk to salons and barbershops, especially ones that weren't changed, ones that were, you know, I want say mom and pop operated, but owned by locals. Um, there really was, and you've, you've dealt with this too, is, you know, there's a sense of supporting local. Hey, I got your back, you got mine. So we really realized like, damn, if we, you know, we really started to get into the salon barbershop industry on a local level and, and really had started um, in late February to kind of map out like, okay, we're about know, five spots, Six spots on the verge of seven and eight. You know, we've, we've done presentations. Let's map out basically the, you know, the quadrant of northwest Wisconsin or mm-hmm. west central Wisconsin into into kind of by Wausau up to kind of Bayfield doing some touristy stuff up there over towards Hudson. Kind of mapped out like, okay, dots on a map, you know, pin, pins on a map. Like, okay, here are the places that we think – you know, would support our product because they're locally owned and, and you know, would, would feel a, a connection. And we've all, I've always wanted to have that kind of relationship with with the clients that I've dealt with is to have that. I'm not Paul Mitchell. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure what other brands are. I'm not Suave. Do people, <laughs> Suave still a thing? Pert Plus? Anybody? No? I don't know. We're not like, you know, the, your typical salon barbershop owner has obviously their line um, of stuff that's on a, a national brand that comes in. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy that's, like super-duper pressuring. I'm like, here's our stuff. What we want you to do is here's our whole line. Try it. Try it on your clients. See what you, they think. Give us some feedback. And and we've always had. that's really what's had our, had our success in the beginning was those kind of uh, relationships, communication. We started to map out those locations in late February. Started to plan road trips. Like, okay, so let's stock up on this. Let's go back into production. Now, in the meantime of all this, we have three products in, in dev. You know, we're working on a shaving balm, uh, an after shave, and a tattoo balm. So we've reinvested back into the company in order to get these three products, which we think we had this piece of the pie of guys with beards. Like, well, let's go with the other piece of the pie of guys that don't have beards, and let's let's also market you know with the products that are the, the the ingredients that we use for our product, we could really do some cool stuff with um, a tattoo brightener SPF thing, getting to the tattoo shops fits our brand. So three products in dev planning this big, you know, road trip of, uh, of salons and barbershops, dropping up a bunch of product. And then they get shut down. All of them. Which one is day, bizarre. One day, March 18th, it was the day after St. Patrick's day, all of them shut down. And, 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 of course, if you go back, if you want to scroll back far enough on your timeline, I think everybody can see that whole, like, phase everyone went through with, I couldn't get a haircut. You know, some people went under the cover of darkness <laughs> and got haircuts. I'm not naming names. But the toughest part, I think, for for that is that that was going to be that, – that's the income that comes in that feeds the dev, that, you know, feeds back into marketing. You know, nobody's really getting – paid buku bucks at this point, you know? I'm like, oh, cool, now I can finally get that Harley I've been wanting to get for my 40th birthday. It's 41, it's on the list. But the tough part for that was it. we shut down development and we had to shut down production of our line because we had inventory. And then July came and they opened back up. And again, this was personal decision. I'm like, I am also not going to be the guy that goes into. Salon, barbershop owned by one, two people that has been out of work for four months. Be like, hey, I know you're struggling to make ends meet. And now you have to deal with all the regulations that are out there where you have to, you know, you only take X amount of clients a day and you can't have as many chairs in here. And I know you're not making as much, you know, revenue as you were before. But, you know, please, re- you know, let's, let's get some orders done here. We didn't, I didn't want to be that, that person. So I think that is where, you know, I talked about you know, really early on in the podcast is there is it's I said defense kind of a defense mode, but there is kind of a I want to, a, the holding pattern. We're still we worked on some white label stuff, we had some conversations. We actually went in and did some really small um, development for some other labels that we're working with. So we we were working on things, but we knew that the timing was was not, right for how we wanted to run our business, which is to really at this juncture, now, not quite a year in legally, to go out and be like, get back in and, and buy our, our product. They've slowly started to come back. We realize that their clients are also slow to be like, oh yeah, now I got the haircut, I'm not really gonna invest in the, the $20 bottle of, of beard stuff. you know. So they're at, right now it's it's starting the, the, the pendulum is starting to swing back the other way yeah, hoping that any new regulations that have recently been dropped have have an effect on that. but I, I do think you have to have um, have an approach of not necessarily tucking your tail but going okay, here's how your, our business model looks like this. We can focus now more on this white label idea, talk to some more clients and work on that and maybe less so, pressure on you know our, our wholesale clients that mm-hmm. are are still. I mean, at this point, it's four months after they've reopened. They're still not quite back to full cap and running everything that the way uh, they used to. So it's it's a methodology, it's a way to do it.
1: Yeah, and interestingly enough, and, and to add to that, you know, you mentioned that it's not it's not what I initially mentioned the, the tucking your tail and mm-hmm. running away. Um, but this is a theme that I had really uh, noticed. Um, so one of my favorite podcasts is How I Built This with Guy Raz, an NPR podcast. And at the beginning of COVID, he did a little shift and he started doing these resilience editions, where it's how businesses are actually dealing with COVID and how they're able to come out the other side stronger and, and even grow with it. But to your point, it's not the you know drive the things that are gonna put a nail in your own foot Mm -hmm. it's cut the fat of what you don't need to do right now do what you need to do and really ultimately and especially in large organizations um you know you start as you grow and i i've seen this on on my small scale as well as you start to grow all of these little things that you don't realize that you're doing Mm -hmm. add up add up add up you know at at five employees, I have one software that works great, and at ten employees, maybe I need to switch it, but didn't cancel the other one. And there's just all this fat that comes with, you know, just time, and it's really just trimming the fat of stuff that you don't need to be doing, the stuff that you don't need to be paying for, that you don't realize that you're paying for,
0: yeah.
1: and 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 leaning out. And I think that that's some something to really think about, you know, is a mentality as anyone starts anything. Is really that lean startup and lean operation, mm-hmm. you know, position because ultimately, the leaner you are and still able to grow, the better position you are to capitalize on when something like this happens.
0: Right. You know, I think there's been a lot of, um, you know, and you're obviously you've been established in in the things that you're working out with Prep and, and the way that that's grown even through the the challenges of. Of COVID and not being able to be on site, um, it, my challenges of not being able to to reach out to m- my wholesale clientele. Um, if you're observant in this time, I think you and I have talked about how we uh, how we ingest social media. It's not necessarily from I want to go see what Dan had for supper tonight, or what are somebody's political views, or you know. Mm-hmm. Like I watched the game. I know what the score was. I don't need, you know, armchair quarterbacks, two cents on, you know, why the defense sucks. You know, what we ingest it as trying to look through the looking glass of how other people look at social media and how they gravitate towards, I don't want to say advertisements, but look how people interact with, with ads and what works uh, but even on a whole scale of of social media, you've seen a lot of these things, and I'll use the platform that we're on right now, Streamyard. They should pay me for that plug, by the way. I don't know if somebody marked that. Mark that. Um, you've seen applications like like Streamyard, uh, Streamlabs, another uh, application that I use for podcasting and live streaming stuff, um, Zoom, uh, all of these different. Tech products, tech uh, you know programs that were around. Zoom was around, but has taken on this. It's it's now part of the fabric of not just the business society, business world, but society in general. I mean, families are house partying. I I, I are on on Zoom. There's a, I was on a Rock, fans of Rockfest one several months ago, and you know people are utilizing these things. These applications now as part of their daily life. My kid, you know, not necessarily this year because he's doing a lot more hands on stuff and they're not, they're doing a lot less of the virtual, but the last quarter of his uh, fourth grade year, Google Classroom. I mean, just every, and it, and it was all set up. Here's his assignments. Here's where the video chat is. If he needs to chat with the teachers, all of these things are set up. And you know, somebody went, hmm. I bet you there's a way to monetize this. And they have. So there's there's something to be said about during these times. There's going to be great opportunity to, uh, whether it's invest in companies, uh, also if, if there's a, a, a time for startup, it's really just being observant. And this goes back to kind of the core of starting, you know, if you're going to start a business, like what what problem am I trying to solve? I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out like, what are people having issue with that I can develop something, um, you know, for you? And we talked about this on podcast one. This was about, for you, the obesity epidemic. It's not that that was the reason there was a problem. How can we figure out a way and a solution and, and really understanding the psychology of, of how human beings operate? Quick, easy, fast. You know, don't mess with the system too much. Wow. I have an idea. Here you go. But if you're observant and you can see like, okay, what, what throughout COVID are people like going, "Ah, I can't do this. How can I get this? I don't know. Um, Eat Street, um, Uber Eats, uh, DoorDash. uh,
1: There's a ton of opportunities that exactly they, they come out of it.
0: Yeah. And there's, I, I look at the restaurant industry a lot and 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 some have done a really really great job of adapting to the the circumstances that they have to um, to go through right now and especially in being hit now twice with 25% cap now again a lot of these were operating at a much lower capacity because of the social distancing mandate you got tables taken out you got bar stools taken out they're already you know at below where they can cap out at but some you know especially in the beginning uh, curbside pickup delivery somewhere like within a week on it. And and now that will likely be a part of just a service that they offer. The ones that didn't, the ones that, that behind the curve or couldn't figure out how to make it work. Those are some of the ones that you're probably not going to be able to go to anymore. We've seen them shut down and not just, you know, Dan and Coop's barbecue joint, you know, but major chains that, are like, mm. again, trimming the fat. Well, sorry, Eau Claire. Sorry, Chippewa Valley. This is, we're not making enough to, to, to warrant keeping this open during all this crap.
1: And it's really a point, too, even, you know, as you're saying that is really why were these businesses not thinking about these things mm. in February or in January or when they had no idea that anything was coming? Right. Why, as a, as a business, you need to operate lean. But operating lean also allows you to make pivots really quickly. And, you know, a lot of times we do the same thing where, I mean, we have shipping orders that go out. We have online orders that people pick up. We have grab and go coolers. We have a micro market cooler coming in that's actually going to be placed in Chipwa, And all of these different methods. But why would you not? As a business, and this is specific to the food industry, mm. why would you not already focus on those things?
0: Yeah, I think that's when you're comfortable. I think, and especially if you have a, a a level of success or you're you're achieving, you know, what you would consider to be success, at least in the in the revenue. You know, business is is great. Um, the menu is great. Uh, the we have a good staff on board. It's kind of like you know we're going to keep it status quo. If things are going so well. Why would we change anything? not thinking like and, and having nothing to do with predicting a global pandemic because right. that's tough to do. Uh But e- you don't think about, e- man, how, how could I really, and this goes back to super serving your, your customers. Mm-hmm. How can I really super serve that person? You know, I don't, dude, I'm 40. Do I like going to restaurants? Yeah, about, about four o'clock. You know, that's my window. You know, get me out any later than that. I turn into a pumpkin. You know, I'm kind of Cinderella-like. But <laughs> Man, I, you know I as much as the, on the on the nights that I do eat not Midwest meals, usually Sundays because you know Saturday's the cutoff day. But when those nights come, it's like, <sighs> can somebody just make it easy? You know, this this goes back to ease and convenience. I got ninety million other things going on, single dad in it, trying to navigate business, trying to navigate podcasts, trying to navigate jobs, trying to navigate you know relationships. Like, somebody just. Somebody should have thought how to make this easier for me. You know, think customer first. Yeah. and 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 I think that's where the, the in lies the problem is that people don't think about that. They're like, well, this is being this is good. We're successful. We have a a happening joint. You know, people come here for our famous Friday fish fry, Saturday prime rib, this, our, the Tuesday taco bar. They have their things, they've set them up, and they they'll tweak those. They'll tweak those things. Make it easier, but not to the point where they're going, man, if we had delivery service or curbside pickup or we made online ordering.
1: Do you think that comes from, and this is, this is a question, because I, I tend to identify a bucket that people fit in pretty pretty easily. That's something mm-hmm. that I can do. But I tend to notice a lot of people who go into business that don't necessarily want to do the work. They want to set up you know this passive income or or whatever that they're looking for where they don't even need to look at it in order for it to make that return do you think that that's part of the reason why too and has that been your experience
0: i think i think that has a lot to do with it i think you have and whether that's it's i don't want to say bequeathed but you you come into a a great opportunity xyz place comes open, available, liquor licenses. We all know how difficult those are to get around here because as soon as there's one available, it's gone, uh, you know, m- within days. See, if you find yourself with this this opportunity, not really coherently thinking about, oh, I want to make this great, and then I want to make it better, and I want to keep on improving it. Yeah, it's, it's set up shop and, you know, put the work in, like, off the bat or find some people that will, you know, Snatch a person from over here. Oh, hey, I, I know this guy from great chef, great cook. This person, um, this beautiful woman, could be our server. You know, the the it's the cookie cutter industry. Yeah. But if you go and you start to look at places and you look at their website, that's usually a big indication, and and the ease and convenience of navigating through it. You know, you start yeah. you click on things and it goes to a PDF. Yeah, you're like, like, like this, this is not just 2020, like, like five ten years. Like, this is something that needs to be a major part of your, uh, the dichotomy of your business and not just the website, the social media. There's people that, um, I was talking to uh, my aunt and uncle from out of town. One of the first things they do when they go to a different location, they travel a lot, is they will search a hashtag. Like, people don't think that's a thing. They're like, uh, that's cool. Run Chippewa Falls that's that's not one of them cuz that's something I came up with. But it's people will search for things cuz they want to try to find the best of what that area has to offer. If you're not mm-hmm. if you're not dialed in on the social media thing or you're super far behind the curve people without like some, like really good vetted recommendation from somebody like yeah, but they have really good stake. Go get the state, get it done like this, you'll be good. But if you don't have all of the things tied together, your clientele is going to remain your clientele, and it's not going to grow, it's not going to expand because you're not going, oh, people like to order things online. Dude, eventually we will just order things online. That is just, you won't even have to go online. You'll just yell in the air, and your robot will order it for you. And I think we know we're already there in some aspects. Like, add that to the list. Send me that, robot. And while you're at it, dim the lights.
1: Uh, and we you're you're actually not even like you know pulling that out of your ass either because it is coming and that's actually a a podcast i listened to uh within the last week or so while working on some house projects was with the ceo of walmart's online platform Mm. and they're actively doing that right now they're they're working on the regulation side of it and they're making drone deliveries and walmart is you know probably one of the few examples that are starting to make a pivot, and they're understanding, may, albeit maybe a lot slower than some of the others out there. You mm. know, Amazon's astronomical rise to the top, but people forget that Walmart's still this big behemoth. Mm. They're still pivoting. You know, mm. they just released Walmart Plus, and they're still doing all of these things. That that kind of an organization, when you have the ability to do those kind of A/B tests, figure out what's better and go forward that's where where it's going to happen so you, right. you saying that you know drone delivery from a restaurant from a restaurant a restaurant tour's perspective you should be thinking about that stuff already yeah you know i'm 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 in this is not me tooting my horn but i the way that i think is i think through those things too if i'm listening to Doug McMillan from Walmart talk about drone deliveries the back of my head i always try to connect things to what's in my life mm. so i'm like okay Drone deliveries are going to be a thing that Walmart will likely be implementing in the next five to 10 years. How can I take that technology and make my local delivery from someone manually running it into a vehicle mm-hmm. to on Monday morning, a drone drops off your food at your front door? Right. What are what are those steps?
0: And I think that's the opposite way of thinking of somebody who is, again, we talked about just getting into that for that passive income, doesn't want to work on it, doesn't want to connect all of the dots that you know it's, yes you do have to have a quality uh product you do have, you have to have a quality if the food has to be great the presentation has to be great the staff has to be great the the ambiance has to be great even if you have all those things perfected which does take work but if you're not connecting the the website dots and the social media dots and the innovative dots the the the, the you could yeah you could maintain for a while but somebody is going to be out there thinking about the things that you just mentioned uh, about innovative ways that, and, and, well, well, but it's Walmart or, or, well, but that's not how I, that's not how it's done. Right. Well, that's not how it was done. Things progress naturally. We don't, we don't do it that way. We want people to come in and sit down and well, great. Well, when you're go from having a full dining room, and now regulated to a 25% cap room, whatever, to why why are my numbers dri- uh, dwindling? You're going to see that more after COVID because people yeah. are going to go, well, shit, I don't have to get dressed up, uh, you know, find a sitter for the kid. Um, you know, I, I worked all week and now I have to go out. And, and I know if I go out instead of like, you know, Buying the twelve pack of beer, or you know, buying a six pack for six bucks or ten bucks, I'm going to buy four beers for five bucks. You know, people will start to and have started to think that way. It's so much easier for me to just go, "Hey, robot, I would like uh, this food delivered to my house, and you want? I want fries with that, or I want it medium." People are going to become are, are becoming accustomed to. All the the companies that have really taken advantage of not taking advantage of, of COVID, but been like, how can I super serve the customer yeah. right now? And that is make it simple for them. They they are trapped inside. They want to not make dinner every night, bring it to their house. They want to. You gotta you gotta think that way. Otherwise, you're not playing the long game. And the long game is a conversation that you and I had on your podcast. You know, I think last last year was it this year? I don't. It all runs last year. It's, if you're not in it for the long game, you're going to think in very short intervals, and every time you maybe get to a step where you have to make a decision, you're already behind the curve. You're already six months, a year, two years, five years behind the person that's already doing it. Like, oh, that's – people really like that XYZ company does that. We should think about doing that. They're already doing it, and they're already taking your customers. Simple.
1: Exactly. You should write a book. Yeah, it's interesting. Something I just picked on too that you just said. You know that thinking ahead. You know, two years, five years, ten years. That's something that I necessarily did not do mm. as as a young person going into business. You know, I I thought ahead in what I thought compared to other people that my peer group. I was thinking ahead compared to them, but I wasn't thinking ahead to where I want to be in ten years. Mm. I was thinking, how do I go from you know, getting set up in a shared commercial kitchen to building a kitchen to XYZ,
0: mm.
1: I should have been thinking, how do I sell 1 million meals per week so that I can ultimately fulfill the thing that I'm setting out to fulfill? Mm. Because there's this this disconnect between, you know, you, you want to solve a problem, you know, whether that's food-related obesity, whether, you know, even like a beard product. If, if having a well-groomed beard makes you feel cool, that is (laughs) awesome. That's, that's a problem to be solved. Right. But, but as a young person who went into that mindset, a lot of times you don't think, you know, what's my life actually going to look like in 10 years? Mm -hmm. What do I need to be doing now to figure out that I'm on track for two years? and down the road. And we talked about that kind of the first podcast as well is, you know, casting that really wide vision net and bringing it back until you can have some sort of a daily action step to get there.
0: And I think there's a lot of, and I've dealt with it. I mean, I was, again, so I wasn't in business. I really wasn't in a business mindset for the majority of my life. And it was, you know, until I was 19, 18, 19, when I first got into radio and then, you know, damn near 40 when I got out. So that, that, that thought process at scale was not on my radar. So in the last almost two years, I've had to develop these things and to get over a lot of stuff. And I think, you know, fear is always going to be a a presence that you can either push through or it keeps you down. And I've dealt with that, you know, fear of, I don't want to say putting myself out there as like the spokesperson for my brand, um, which, which I've, been more apt to do now because I realize that there, there is there is some cohesion to what what I stand for what my brand stands for um, making phone calls you know going into clients you know doing all these things I think there's a lot of especially new into business that you're like this is super cool and I'm super driven and I'm really excited about the things I'm doing and I, I have these goals in mind and you can come to a, a crossroads of and fear stands in your way and you go ah I really want to get there. That's the spot I want to get. But, man, there's this big ball of fear that's standing. Like, like I have to do this. I have to break through this wall. And that's another great reference to the obstacle is the way. Um, Ryan Holiday talks about it. there's a boulder in the way. Um, and you if you go around it, you're not going to reach your destination. If you try to go under it, you're not going to reach your destination. You have to, you literally have to go through it. That is the way. The obstacle is the way. Okay, how do I get past this fear, this thing I don't necessarily feel comfortable with, how do I do it? You know, it's taking that step back from that boulder and being like, you know what, i got to figure out a way through it. And this, you know, COVID has definitely added an extra boulder on top of that boulder because now you have whatever fear that you have or whatever obstacle is in your way. Uh, On top of it, now you have rules, regulations. You have a very uh, fiery, can I is I think fiery is an understatement. The tone the tone of the country seems to be a little fiery. <laughs> I feel like I just I, so. I feel like perhaps I just made the understatement of the year right there. Note it, quote it, make it a thing. But you you have this um now on top of this fear on top of this obstacle you have now this other concern of like shit if I if I break this boulder underneath and this other boulder comes crashing down. However, I decide to handle keeping this in the air or pushing it off to the side to get through it, there's a, a likelihood that you could I almost say piss off, but people are so sensitive right now. Like, oh, they're gonna no matter what you do, you're going to have somebody who or you're gonna have a group that is pushing back, pushing that boulder down on top of you. And really for no just reason except for really they have apparently nothing better to do. So how yeah. do you get, you know, push through the obstacle that you have to get through? Now you have this COVID and you have the political climate and you have the race climate, you have all these other things that are going on. You're like,
1: but I think it, it gets easier too. Yeah, it you does. know, as you, yeah. as you push through that first boulder, I mean, I remember very, very specifically coming out of college thinking through the fear of having to tell my parents that I wasn't going to go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was something that seemed so small. And it, it really came back to me as, you know, one little tipping point that you can start to build this snow, this snowball. Mm-hmm. And from there, then new obstacles seem less and less that it's not really a big deal. Um, you know, even, you know, going into business, you know, at it, it, the beginning, the get go, I used basically everything I had saved uh, working through high school and college to to buy a couple of commercial coolers. And mm. all of a sudden, you know, one cooler went down and I had a $1,000 repair bill and it seemed like this, like, oh, it's over, done, yeah, all right, throw sure. the towel in. Versus, I mean, even through COVID, you know, we just spent $100,000 on three machines that put a piece of film on the meal. It, and I didn't think twice about it because right. I, I – as you go thinking through logistically what thinking through logistically what that implication is, mm-hmm. you know, it it becomes a lot less scary, and you start to realize, you know, people are doing exactly what you're doing, but with a hundred times the risk and a right. hundred times the reward. Yeah. Um, and if they can get through it, you know, likely you can too.
0: And I think once you you get through that, that first challenge, I mean, you talked about the thousand dollar bill and, and and how much that weighs on you. I mean, same same thing. You get you get these things or, or something breaks or something doesn't work right or you have to go back to the drawing board and stuff. And in that and now you look back and it's 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 small. I mean it's it's nothing compared to what you have to deal with now. But getting through that first challenge and not throwing in the towel and not tucking your tail and not running away from it, figuring out a way to like, okay, well, this was unexpected. Um, this sucks. Um, you know, you don't tail off a whole lot into like, shit, with that $1,000 we could have, you go, okay, we're going to take care of this because we need this to make this work. Those decisions, when things like that happen, get easier because you, you've dealt with them. You've dealt with equipment breaking or... You know, in things as small as like customer reviews, you know, someone said our, you know, our food sucks or your beard product sucks or it smells like th- those people can be very sensitive to the to words, too. And not just bills and broken yeah. equipment. They can be like, oh, no, one one person doesn't like my stuff. So I'm I can't do this anymore. I'm a, I cannot right. handle the criticism. But once you get I mean, you look at even people who are on a, on a celebrity scale who have. So much hatred spewed towards them for things that they say, things they do, things they wear, things they think, things they hang out with. It's like they have gone through that since the get. In business, yeah. you're going to go through that shit from the get. And I think you get to a point, and I'll, I'll reference this, and it's you know it's country, so you may not um, it may not resonate with you. Uh, Morgan Wallen uh, is a country artist. I think he's fantastic. Uh, scheduled to perform on Saturday Night Live this weekend. Okay. So, and this is, again, I would handle things differently, but I'm an asshole. So don't, maybe don't take my advice on this. So he's scheduled to perform. Obviously, they're running the promos for it. He's done the thing. He's got the, whatever, social distance hosting, whatever. And so he, the video emerges of him like last weekend, like in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, at some house party, not social distancing, drinking massive quantities of Jack Daniels, making out with random chicks. Okay. So this video comes to light. And SNL says, "Well, you're not social distancing, so we're can't we're pulling you from SNL." Big opportunity for a guy; he's still going to be successful. But he goes on, and and the and obviously in that genre, which is really weird because most of it's about like drinking and making out with chicks. So I don't quite get it, but whatever. You know, the the, the, the negative feedback spewed towards him. How could you? You know, what? You're he's not married, so whatever. But now, how, this is just in a, you know, inappropriate behavior. This is unacceptable. COVID. Da, da, da. And so he comes out and does what some celebrities do and gives the heartfelt apology. Uh, I need to find myself. I need to change some things. And I was like, dude, I would have said, fuck him. Like, OK, I don't, I don't get to do SNL. This is who I am. That's obviously who he was you have to be able to be who you are run your ship the way you want to run your ship and not succumb to comments broken coolers bad reviews you got to just be able to you
1: know now you, your i man. think that, i think that you and i are the same thought process that if that were myself and i say this in a situation not being in his situation maybe right. i would maybe i would apologize and be completely opposite but the way that I like to think that I would handle it is exactly what you're saying. Um, And, and two things kind of came or are coming to mind from that one specifically. um, And we chatted about this in the first podcast about Andy Mm Frasilla. that was his entire MO building. His social media following is, Hey, I'm not for everyone. If, if, if I piss you off, don't follow me. If you piss me off, I'm blocking you. Mm-hmm. We don't need, the world is big enough that we don't need everyone to, you don't need to be all things to all people. Exactly. Uh, and and the second thing that came to mind, you know, coming from the Eau Claire area, so this is only going to resonate with anyone that's familiar with a fairly large brand, mm-hmm. but Menards. So John Menards, starting Menards out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, uh, you know he's he's worth somewhere in the neighborhood of multi-digit billions of dollars. Yep. If you go to Google and you type in your local Menards, I guarantee you the reviews are not so great. Yep. Um, but I can guarantee you that that has zero impact on John Menard's ability to run his business yep. because he understands the things that he's learned over you know his course of business that that, yes, at some level someone needs to be looking at those reviews and if there's legitimate complaints that need to get addressed they need to get addressed but someone throwing a temper tantrum seems so much harsher in the beginning when you're not filtering through someone looking at those and it's just you as the owner seeing them but remember that that happens to every business successful or not
0: Mm -hmm. there was and i think we even talked about this and this this is it's similar to I think the Morgan Wallen situation, but on a on a maybe more uh, relate relatable scale, um, and that was uh, Tim Grover. Uh, the, gonna, I want I think it's Unstoppable. I just got to make sure because I. I know he's, it's like a four different uh, relentless. It's yes. how to become unstoppable. So, so Tim Grover, like the trainer, the trainer for Michael Jordan, Kobe, um, just this fantastic. Uh, book that everybody really should read. It's called Relentless, and, and really, it, it, there's a lot of basketball references to it. But I think it applies a lot to either business or fitness, or business and fitness mindset people, or people that just want to be relentless and badass. But he talks about uh, when Tiger Woods went through the Tiger Woods, uh, Tiger Woods scandal, uh, his his issues uh, with his uh, with his wife and mistresses, multiple. Um, You know, how upset he was uh, and what he didn't want to see was Tiger Woods come out and do what Tiger Woods did. And that is make this written apology, uh, this big public thing, um, you know, sorry to everybody. Um, And as just a a, a golf fan or a fan of of Tiger at the time, because dude was just, I mean, even if you hated golf, you're like, yeah, Tiger Woods, that, that dude just goes out and kills it every single time he's out. I mean, we're he's chasing greatness at a young age, and you know, obviously, being African American in this in this standardized white old white guy sport, just revolutionized golf, changed the game for forever. Golf will never be the same because Tiger Woods was in it. He made it young, he made it cool, made it hip, made it badass. And then this thing happens, and does this apology, and then was never Tiger Woods again. He lost that that edge, and the book is great. It goes into a lot of, you know, of psychology of why that happens. Because when you're that good, you have this dark side that just needs to fulfill itself, so you can go out and perform at your best. He's like, I he was pissed that Tiger Woods came out and did that apology because he's like that ruined him. He may come back and yeah. he, you know he'll win, he'll win a major, um, he'll he'll you know play the Menards Open. And you know, and and win that. And he'll do a bunch of cool stuff and he'll still be Tiger Woods and people will f- fawn and but he's never going to be the athlete, the the not even athlete, physical athlete, the mental athlete that he was yeah. until he went out and made that public apology. He stepped on his wife. That's between him and his wife. They can deal with it. But the public wants to hang you, again, full circle, comments. Oh, oh, ooh. And you got somebody in your ear, some guy that, you know, you pay money to going, we should make a public apology here. I've written it for you. (laughs) Oh, that was like one of the most uncomfortable things to watch. Besides the fake Brett Favre retirement, that was one of the most uncomfortable things to watch. You know, don't cry and then go play for the Jets, asshole. And then the Vikings. He
1: he dyed his hair uh, blonde and now he's uh, he's repping a CBD company in Green Bay, I think, which is funny to see. (laughs)
0: You know, when all else, and and Brett Favre went through the same thing, the same, had, had, had had the thing with the Crocs in the picture with the girl from Florida state, you know, but the same thing. I'm sorry. All right. Well, you know, but no, I do think that you talk about getting through those kind of things, whether it's public, uh, feedback, um, negative reviews, um, you've got to be able to push past those things because eventually they making that thousand dollar bill payment to get your shit fixed or get a new refrigerator. Now it's like, eh, this needs to be done. Right. And
1: the things it's, it's something that you had to do to continue on. And all of those individual things are places where people quit. Just don't quit.
0: Yeah. You got to, You got to keep going through it, and and it's tough. It's tougher now. It's tougher in 2020. Who knows what 2021 will bring? Because I I do think you are going to see. You know, everybody wants to get back to normal, but I can't. I can't wait till life gets back to normal. There is not going to be a normal that was 2019, 20. There never is. We always progress. We always. But now, oh man, I can't wait till things get back to normal. There's not going to be a normal. This this form of communication. I mean. Dan, I could have had you in my studio tonight. We could have sat down here and shot the shit for hours on end. But you didn't have to leave your house. I I can still, like, throw things at my kid when he comes in the studio. Like, stop. I can still do that because technology, the world will will adapt and cater to people during these times. Food delivery, you know, all the things that we now are like, oh, man, this is super nice. Like of all the things that suck like this is super cool like we can do this like i can you know the house party app i chat with my mom out in california you know she's been you know fires and shit that she goes through and i'm like i um, i love talking to you but if you don't want to deal with fires don't live in california but this out yeah. yeah it's pretty simple uh but your the capabilities uh to to communicate to run business um a lot of the business platforms that I'm on, you know, like Shopify has done some great things, some incentivized things. They've really upped their game because of COVID, mm-hmm. things that will, will always forever be implemented as part of their program. And integration, all these things are going to be different. 2021, 2022, the future is going to have changed because of COVID. Mentalities will change because of COVID and things we had to to get through. So this go back to normal thing, you got to be thinking that, okay, what's... What's the new look? What's the new normal?
1: I think, too, even even to add to that, this is a time to be hyper mm-hmm. of people that are doing things really well in response to COVID. People that are adapting to the new ways that we're doing stuff. People that are you know pivoting their businesses entirely and serving the customer the best. Because those are the people that you want to be surrounded with those are the people that you want to be able to emulate what they're doing so that the next time covid happens you're ready to really take advantage of you know that silver lining of it
0: and i think uh, and and i'll i'll i'm going to say shamelessly plug but i think it's time that the young bucks podcast or ybp 2 you know v2.0 whatever I, dude i've never seen and and i've been doing podcasts for almost 2 years now Episode 60, 67, 67. Um, I've never seen more gravitation towards this platform. And I know it's been huge. I mean, it's obviously huge in bigger markets. I mean, you got, you know, the Rogan deal that went down with with uh, with Spotify that pretty sure I predicted. I said, at some point, somebody's yeah. going to go uh, pay that man a bunch of money and make it exclusive. And it's like it happened. <laughs> Actually, I think I think Gary V. mentioned it, and then I stole it from him. But, but I've yeah. seen, you know, I've seen more more uh, people. I mean, I'm doing some different stuff, um, moderating podcasts, doing the editing, um, doing the publishing, writing all the stuff, show notes, all that things for other people who really know that podcasting is a huge platform to reach a very specific audience but people don't want to have to buy the equipment. They don't, I mean, you, you went through that, you've bought equipment, you've, you know, had set up, you bought different equipment because the, you know, the first round wasn't what you wanted it to be. But yeah, and now there's, there's other people that are like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about for my company starting one. And we're wondering if you, this is time to get, I just saw volume one is getting into the podcast game.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's on my list too. Now that, um, you know, we're starting to kind of culminate on the NutriPrep side where we have these machines up and running, you know, out of the USDA facility they're They're steaming and rolling them out every week. Midwest is under under its own control that now I start to have a little bit of time to say, hey, what's next? Um, you know, I'm going back to being a nerd. I'm also taking three online Harvard classes right now that take you uh, a fair amount of my time. Of course you are. But. I'm looking ahead at yeah exactly that and I'm pointing because I have a the giant uh the banner from the office mm-hmm. in my office now transplanted home but always be thinking that little bit ahead.
0: No, I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic and there's uh, the one thing that I do miss is when I go to pick up my meals on Monday, you know you're not there. You know, you used to be there. You know, hands in the dirt, throwing boxes around, like, like "Hey, Coop, what's up?" Like, now, no, shut the hell up and get out of my way. I got to finish my work. So, I do miss, you know, being able to see you on on the regular. But, um, but I, I know that that's because, as the owner, as the boss, as the C E M F O, and and the expansion and the things with Nutri Prep, you know, you have to be able to relinquish. The responsibilities because you do have a great staff that, that you trust to to handle the things that that you used to be hands on and handle because you are growing and in, in the the level is getting higher and and the expansion is, is getting to um, to a, this fantastic level and I'm I'm so I'm just in awe because you're like fucking killing it and
1: I appreciate it I I always do and and people tell me that too and you know I've mentioned this to people close to me at some level internally i still feel like i'm completely failing everything yeah because that's that's my personality um anyone that's myers-briggs people i'm an infj which is the one to two percent of the entire u.s population very very small but with that comes not necessarily like a perfectionist mindset but this mindset where i think through you know these things like hey all right, we're, we're using this, this USDA facility mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. All right, we have a grocery store account. We have a C-store account coming up, some universities. Why don't we have 10 of them yet? You know, what's, what's the holdup? Why why are we not 10 of these in, in yesterday?
0: See, I, but I, I think that that is, that is such an entrepreneurial mindset, uh, you know, that that growth mindset that this is great. That's better. We talked, yeah. you, you mentioned this, like, I'm here but here's where here's where we're going you know success if you if you lie on your successes and you go look at look at all I've accomplished so far look at where I stand on this pile of midwest meals you know it's amazing I'm eight feet tall bulletproof but I think if you always if you always have that that yes I I respect the places that I've been but that's I'm this is just like a the stair that I'm on right now this is great. You're doing great. This and all the smoke is great. But I'm we're still progressing up up the stairs and stuff. So I, I think there's a lot to be said about having that constant growth mindset. Like this is great, but it's not enough. Right. What's up, D Price? Look at this, man. That great haircut from Dustin. Just jumped on. No. Hey. Who is Dan Beck? As you can see, he he's just, he was a smart one and he put it right on his uh his uh name tag identifier right there. Uh, he's on the Instagram, of course, Midwest meals, uh, proud sponsors of the podcast, full disclosure. Um, uh, it's been nothing but fantastic for, uh, for me and everybody I've told about it. Um, so thank you for, uh, for, for starting that. And again, from, from a place that you had a goal in mind, you knew why you, you saw the problem, you knew why you wanted to start it and you have, and I continue on with your success. Um, make sure you check out midwestmeals.com and, uh, and Nutriprep coming to a store near you, man. I just, I got this feeling. I'm not gonna be able to avoid it. You're walking by your your fucking display in all these stores, going. Actually, you know what? No, I'll just be telling my robot to have your drone <laughs> deliver my shit yes. to my front door. Cause I'm sick of driving around and picking that stuff up. And no. I know, man. You're now
1: right. we're talking the right language. See,
0: I know, innovative, always out there, brother. Hey, I appreciate you and the time, and uh, and definitely stay in touch. By the way, if you were listening uh, or watching the podcast, thank you for tuning into the live stream on all the platforms. Uh, the podcast will be released later on this evening on all platforms, and you can follow that. Just search uh, "Welcome to Cooperville," and you'll find it on. Uh, we just actually got on um, Amazon and uh, Audible. They just jumped on the podcast platform as yeah, well. Yeah. See, I'm telling you, this shit's blowing up
1: getting there. Hell yeah. Right. I, I appreciate it, Coop, as always.
0: Thanks, brother. Let's get together in person sometime soon. How about that?
1: Amen. Right. I'm always game.
0: Take care of yourself, man. He's right. out.